This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, September 12, 2007. I'm Caleb Brown. General David Petraeus and Ambassador Ryan Crocker have told Congress how they feel the surge in Iraq is progressing. So what now for U.S. involvement there? Christopher Preble, the Cato Institute's Director of Foreign Policy Studies, says political reconciliation in Iraq is no closer now than it was a year ago. And though some violence may have diminished, that itself may indicate a troubling turn of events. General David Petraeus says, bottom line, the military objectives of the surge are, in large measure, being met. Well, the in large measure is an important caveat. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, from my perspective, for the, the, the military objectives, uh, the military strategy was intended to achieve a particular purpose, or at least to facilitate uh, the political reconciliation in Iraq that has not occurred and still, since the surge, has not occurred. And I think, in fairness to General Petraeus and to men and women in uniform, there is very little that the U.S. military can do, or for that matter, that diplomats like Ambassador Crocker can do to force reconciliation among the various parties inside of Iraq. Uh, and so it was some, at some level kind of unfair to expect the surge to have done that. Uh, and that problem is going to persist. Uh, there is still, there has not been trem- uh, uh, terrific progress, or in some respects, you could even say that the po- political process has suffered some setbacks since the surge started. Entirely coincidental, not a function of the surge. That's just the way it is. Um, the interesting thing for me is, first of all, on the on the data that the general has cited with respect to uh, casualties inside of Iraq. Um, these are have been in dispute. Uh, the national intelligence estimate that was released. Uh, last month in August, uh, uh, suggested that, that there was some dis- disagreement between the military and the intelligence community on uh, Iraqi casualties, on the nature of the sectarian violence. Uh, the General Accountability Office also uh, offered some uh, kind of qualifiers to the good news that uh, the Pentagon has been has been promoting, and General Petraeus himself has been has been promoting to the various congressional delegations that have come to Iraq o- over the last four or five months during the course of the surge. At the end of the day, the U.S. military is able to concentrate its efforts in particular places. Clearly, we've concentrated our efforts in Anbar, Al-Anbar province, which was one of the most dangerous provinces now. You have a number of Sunni tribes who have turned against al-Qaeda. I think that was likely to happen even without a military presence, but you could say that it was at least coincidental and, and, a, and a good thing. The challenge is what has happened in terms of violence elsewhere in Iraq, and, and I think We've seen uh, in the southern parts of Iraq uh, a violence increase. And so even by the narrow terms that the president and General Petraeus have established for judging the success of the surge, even the narrow military terms, I think there's a lot to, uh, to question there. But this was the Baghdad security plan. What of the situation in Baghdad? Well, even in Baghdad, it's, it's a mixed bag. Um, the, there is, I think... Some good news in terms of sectarian violence has come down, uh, and and the, but it's very even hard to count this. And the interesting thing between the intelligence community and the, and the military is essentially it's whether you're shot in the front of the head or the back of the head is the definition of whether you were the victim of a common crime or the victim of a sectarian killing, which is uh, arbitrary in the extreme. Um, th- there is one other very depressing uh, a- explanation for why violence in Baghdad might be declining a little bit. Uh, quite a number of mixed neighborhoods in Baghdad have been, for all intents and purposes, ethnically cleansed, uh, that is, uh, either purged of chiefly Sunni uh, residents or, in a few rare cases, uh, 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 
Shiite enclaves have been purged. And so if you if you understand at some level the sectarian violence as a as a way to uh, uh, to drive people from their homes and their neighborhoods uh, at some level uh, once those the, that that those campaigns have achieved their success that is driving people from their homes the violence goes down it's it's incredibly depressing um, but it is consistent with what we've seen in terms of the stories about internally displaced displaced persons inside of Iraq even inside of the city of Baghdad there are hundreds of thousands of Iraqis who have fled their homes and and that process is still uh, has still not settled out these people have not returned to their homes and I think they're unlikely to do so so um, again even in the narrowest sense of the term the Baghdad security plan um, and and the conditions in Baghdad there is um, uh, there is a reason for looking at some of these statistics with a with, with a very careful uh, with, to really scrutinizing some of these claims if what you say is correct then that would make the prospects for a political reconciliation within Iraq smaller than they were three or four months ago, right? Right. I think that the the likelihood of political reconciliation in Iraq, it, it is no more likely today than it was six or eight or ten months ago. And I think, interestingly, that the Bush administration has even implied this somewhat indirectly in that now they are celebrating the local successes like Al-Anbar and putting less and less attention on the performance and even the future role for the Iraqi central government. Look, the Iraqi constitution already provides for a considerable amount of federalization, of local control, a very weak central government. And, and it may be the Bush administration is simply bowing to reality uh, in terms of, of conceding that on, on a local level, on a, on a very kind of tribal, basic level, uh, the Iraqis would much prefer to organize themselves along those lines. And this would be a, pr- a pretty dramatic departure for the Bush administration because up to this point, they have um, really tried to uh, to, to put forward a, a unified Iraq and, and have really invested their effort in keeping Iraq together. There are some suggestions over the past two days in terms of testimony, particularly from Ambassador Crocker, that perhaps they're moving away from that uh, vision a little bit. Is it disingenuous that uh, newspapers and other media outlets have pointed to the fact that General Petraeus has suggested a drawdown of troops? Well, I don't think it's disingenuous so much as that it just misses the point. Um, while it is true that General Petraeus uh, has said that that thirty thousand or so troops could be withdrawn from Iraq over the course of six or eight months. That was likely to happen anyway because the surge was going to run its course. These uh, the mobilization cycles for the for the for the army dictated that the troops would be rotated back to the United States, and so that was all likely to happen. But what is really interesting is not the number of troops being drawn down, but the number of troops that General Petraeus's own plans project into in Iraq into the indefinite future, which is essentially where we were in January of 2007, 130,000 troops, uh, which is far, far more than most Americans would have expected to see after the November uh, 2006 election. But as it stands right now, I think we're likely to see a very substantial U.S. military presence in Iraq uh, through the balance of President Bush's term. And, And that means that his successor will be responsible for sorting through this mess. Christopher Preble is the Cato Institute's Director of Foreign Policy Studies. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. Read more of our work on foreign policy at our website, cato.org.